Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future GOAT? Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, where you're betting is every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to my bookie. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up MyBookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything. Not just the national anthem, MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. MyBookie has a buffet of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You can even win big on NFL Squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, the Tuesday Power Lunch at the Palm, featuring my old buddy Steve Buckhands, the guy who invented, no, not possible. We talk GERD, masks, LeBron James, that Yenta in Atlanta, female football coaches, deflate gate, and a whole lot more. All that plus the coronavirus-related roundup you know and love. Your 45-minute dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021, Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow six more weeks of winter. Or I think he saw his shadow or didn't see it. It was snowing at Gobbler's Knob in Pennsylvania. He saw his shadow. Get out of here. Actually, I was just encouraged to see that the three primary top hat dudes that handled old Punksy Phil did not have masks on. Good. That's a start. Now, of course, the rest of the Punxsutawney chorus behind him, oh, they had their masks on. And they had masks with logos of Punxsutawney Phil on them. Available in the gift shop for $9.99. Two-pack for only $14. All right, before we get into it, and we were in the free hugs and candy van at the Palm Steakhouse in Tyson's Corner. They treat us so well. They'll treat you like royalty as well. Reserve your spot at the Palm anytime. They're open for business now uh, in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And uh, make sure to tell them that you heard about it here on the ZabeCast and you wanted to go out and uh, enjoy a nice, fine restaurant meal for a change. We've all been jonesing for those. And I tell you, it's great. It's great therapy to sit and to eat and to talk and to be with friends and everything else. I'm telling you, that is a huge part of life. So make your reservation today and thank you again for the Palm for having us. Meanwhile, a couple of quick headlines. NCAA football is coming back to EA Sports. The video gamers are over the moon. People are saying, I can't wait to then saddle up with my favorite mid-major team, game the system to load up with talent, and then take them all the way to the national championship. 
It's been gone for a long time due to the Ed O'Bannon ruling about name, image, and likeness. And there's a huge court date now set for the name, image, and likeness issue before the Supremes. The Supremes themselves that will determine where this goes. So stay tuned for that. But apparently the college football game is coming back for EA. Jeff Bezos is stepping down from Amazon. I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but as somebody put it succinctly, great. Just what we need. Another billionaire who wants to save the world like Bill fucking Gates. If only he could just stay on it at Amazon and then keep his mind in his business and keep his money out of our business would be a great thing. But no, he's stepping down. Maybe he'll buy the red skin. I mean, woofed skins. I've had people warn me, you don't want him. And I'm like, but we got Snyder. We can't do any worse. They're like, yeah, you never know. I'm number five. Hooray. Huzzah. The number five mid-market show, mid-market morning sports radio show in America. So according to Jason Barrett of BarrettSportsMedia.com, he is a consultant for our business. Good guy. And has his pulse on the finger of the industry. He pulls a bunch of program directors and other people. And hey, five is not terrible. You know, I used to be national. You know, I used to be on in Washington, D.C., a much bigger market than Milwaukee. But guess what? I'm having more fucking fun and loving what we're doing on 97.3 The Game than I ever have in my career. So I'm perfectly happy, and we're number five. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, here's a great headline from the Super Bowl. From This is on ESPN. From dysfunction to triumph, how this general manager got the Bucks to the Super Bowl. Ooh, ooh, can I... Is the answer Brady? Ding! And end of story. That and a splash of luck. They got a splash of luck in that they caught a Wolfskins team in the first round of the postseason with no fans in their building and a quarterback in Taylor Heineke that had just put down his advanced mathematics books. And it still went down to the end. They got a little bit lucky against Green Bay as well. Luck should never be discounted, plus a great quarterback, but good for Jason Light, who is spelled L-I-C-H-T. It's licked, but it's really pronounced light. Eric Bieniemy had his turn in front of the media via Zoom. Chiefs aren't coming in till Saturday. Bucks, of course, already there. Uh, Bieniemy said, look, I can't wallow in pity that I didn't get a job this cycle. I think I think he comes off as just fine. I don't know why he's not been hired. Um, I think there's perhaps some reasons lingering about his past. Uh, he's obviously uh, coordinating an incredible and explosive offense. At this point, someone's just going to have to give him a job because the media just won't let it up that he's, we got to get him a job. He's the guy. Why isn't he getting a job? Okay. If you really think it's racism, if you really think that the NFL doesn't hire black assistant coaches, I can't help you. There are so many examples and so much that is involved, so much that goes into it. I don't think you can say it's racism because teams hire black coaches all the time, including black coordinators. I don't think whatever it is holding Eric Bieniemy back is the color of his skin. But if I'm wrong, I'm open to be persuaded. The NBA is going to tighten its mask 
rules. <laughs> they are now going to require players and I guess coaches to wear a KN95 mask. Now that's not as good as a N95. The KN is a lesser quality. It's cheaper. It's not nearly as effective. And it's supposed to fit tight around your face with a seal. Of course, players are out there sweating and breathing and yelling and talking. But then when they're uh, on the bench after a brief cool down period, they are now going to be told you must wear a KN95 mask. Again, these are just more shoes being thrown at the problem. Get it? We have nothing else. Throw another shoe at the pandemic. The Bucks say they're announcing plans to introduce as much as 25% capacity for home games at Fiserv Forum by the end of February. Fantastic. Would love to see it. Meanwhile, when it comes to college basketball and the virus, I went to ESPN.com's page on college basketball. One, two, three, four, four of the seven headlines, top headlines, COVID headlines. Hoiberg on severe virus case got a little scared. Number 20 FSU on pause due to COVID. Texas is smart, had significant quote unquote COVID symptoms. Richmond again pauses activities due to COVID. Is this what people really want to read about? I mean, I guess it is newsworthy, but I don't know. So I clicked on the uh, Shaka Smart story. He said he had, quote, significant COVID-19 symptoms. He said, quote, this was not a walk in the park for me, not saying it has been for anyone else. When you go through that kind of stuff, it certainly swirls some things around your mind. Oh, what happened? Were you hospitalized? No. Did you have to go on oxygen? No. What happened? Next paragraph. Smart didn't detail the extent of the symptoms he experienced. Okay, then. Meanwhile, Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska, they've been on pause for 26 days. And he said, I got a little scared, to be honest with you, just with everything I had in my past, with two open-heart surgeries and being fully dependent on a pacemaker. It concerned me, and I did have chest pains. That was the scary thing. The 48-year-old was born with an abnormal aortic valve, had surgeries in 05 and 2015. He said he has undergone a battery of tests to his heart since recovering from the virus, and everything looked normal. Hoiberg said he got symptoms January 15th, waking up in the middle of the night with chills, a bad headache, a sore throat, and body aches. Sounds bad, like the flu. I took some ibuprofen, felt pretty good the next morning, and I thought maybe it was just a little 24-hour deal that he had. Then his daily COVID-19 antigen test was positive, and a follow-up PCR test confirmed the result. And then, nothing. He had a sore throat, chills, and body aches. He took some ibuprofen. He was fine. Two heart surgeries, pacemaker, aortic valve, uh, abnormality at birth. He does say that his oxygen level remained normal. Fever never got above 101, lost 10 pounds, and his sense of smell has not returned. Well, there you go.
Now you're up to date on Fred Hoiberg and his courageous battle against coronavirus. All right, I got the free hugs and candy van rolling today. It was snowing outside, and Buckhands, my man, joined us, me and Carol, for a little power lunch on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Buck, you have a more important issue you want to talk about, which is you've got an issue with your voice. Your moneymaker, just like my moneymaker. And you were asking about me, and I said, well, I've been diagnosed with GERD. What is GERD? It's uh, silent reflux, so it's heartburnless reflux. The acid from yeah. your stomach is no. gurgling up yep. into, your th- into your vocal region. Have I, you uh, been diagnosed with that? Well, it was one of the uh, possible culprits, according to my f- physician. Really smart guy, good guy, uh, Philip Schoenberg, who, um, Schoenfeld, I'm sorry, who uh, actually treated our friend Joe Beninati when he had wow. voice problems. Voice of the Capitals, Joe yeah, Beninati, yeah. easily one of the best play-by-play men in the yeah. business. So he was telling me that your vocal cords are like, um, how did he describe it? Uh, if you put your two uh, fingers together. There's only two cords, by the way. Well, and that's I did not yeah. know that. Did yeah. you know that, Carol? No, I didn't. Yeah, I but thought I thought we had a bunch of strings in there like a guitar. <laughs> right. There's two. And they and they're supposed to go together evenly and right. and fit perfectly. And he says and when they're not, you get what I got. Raspy, <clears throat> sexy, raspy. demi moorish. I wouldn't call it sexy, but it's definitely raspy. You're coughing too. <clears throat> I am. I'm just trying, you know, you, you I, could make me sick. And now I'm going to sue you. You're all worried about me making you sick. You're in my van right now, germing it up. I have been tested eight different times for COVID. Because of requirements for your job, calling games? Uh, That is one of them. Uh, I traveled in the summer, went to the Bahamas, went to um, Martha's Vineyard in September. Did you call these tests on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Oh, absolutely. Why? Um, I just wanted to make sure, well, when we went to Martha's Vineyard, the hotel there had a policy that everyone had to be tested. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that's where I saw Michael Jordan. I think I sent you the, uh, the picture of that. We were, yeah. uh, he was on a golf course and we went to lunch at this particular, <laughs> at the, he was playing with Obama. Right. And, um, we went there for lunch with some guests that took us to their club and they said, you know, it's going to be a little crazy here because Obama is here playing golf with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Said, oh, well, that's fun. So we sat outside on the deck, and we're overlooking the golf course, and all of a sudden, here they come. And, you know, Michael's like 50 yards away from me, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to go up and say hi. Yeah. Know? So I got up from the table, and I walked up, and he's walking over, and I had my mask on, and I took my mask down, and I said, MJ. And he looked over and said, Stevie boy, which is what he used to call me. Wow. And he came over, and we talked for a couple of minutes, and... Uh, told him that I would actually was interested in the, uh, Charlotte, the Charlotte job radio job, which yeah. went to who? I don't know the guy's name, but uh, you know, which was fine. Um, Dead to me. Yeah, no, that's fine. Ridiculous. And uh, but he was he was great. He he had uh, Fred Whitfield called me the next day and arranged a bunch of interviews and things of that nature. It's probably good, you know. I didn't take the job because I don't really want to be down there right now. And you know, what do you mean right now? Right now, during what Charlotte's worth worse than here no, for the pandemic. Charlotte is great. Charlotte is a great oh. city. One of my best friends lives there, but I just, I, you know, it was one of these things. Where you don't want to be traveling. I don't really. They're not traveling. They're not traveling. Yeah. Twenty years ago, I'd have been down there knocking the door down. Now it's like okay, all right. It happens. It happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm fine. Quick follow up question: When you were talking to MJ, did you put your mask back on? Just want to know. I yeah. can't. 
I think. I, I, you know what? I have somebody at the table took pictures because when I got back to the table, these people were like, my God, you do know Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I hadn't tried to walk up to Obama. If you didn't, if you didn't, I'm going to have hurt feelings that you mask up for us. Oh, he, he didn't have a mask on, but he was on a golf course. But I, I, I had the mask. So you're 65, so you should be eligible <clears throat> soon here I'm in one, Virginia. I'm 1B. Okay. I'm, I'm eligible. Oh, you are? Okay. Are you, playing, are you playing the game? I've registered, but I haven't heard. Oh, but are you playing the game to try to find a slot? Well, my parents played the game and yeah. they won. How did they? Play, how did play, they play, play it? Just every day because they're retired, so they got nothing else to so do. So what did they do? They did both they... logged on and just kept ping, 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 ping. You know, you playing the log on yeah. game. It's like trying to get a tea time or something. Yes, or I, a ne- I need ticket. to do that. Now I've had some people that have called, and I've actually had some people that have actually just gone over there to like sure. the Fairfax Government Center. Yeah. Which is what I'm going to try to do. I think it helped. Yeah. Have you guys seen what's going on over? Across the pond with the vaccine and the anarchy. And recently, I think the news came out today about the violence and the, the fires. Look, go well, there's EU and vaccine, and you're going to see. Well, there's it's... lots of shit going on. It depends on the country, and it depends on what kind of shit you're talking about. In I'm the Netherlands. About fires and women's faces being beat up as they're trying to all get their vaccine. Oh, I'm not kidding. Interesting. I was, my yeah. eyes popped open. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. In the meantime, Israel. Did is you just drink everybody. that water? And take your mask down. You're a dead man. <laughs> dead man walking. It just sneaked in right there. I don't well, like mask shaming anymore. I know. I'm not mask shaming. I'm just. Yeah, really. Come on. Is I, it shame or is it browbeating? I don't I'm, know. I'm, mask, I I'm not like... mask shaming buck. I'm mask bullying buck. You are. There's you a are. difference. You are. And you anyway, should know better than that. I know. I, I, shouldn't, <laughs> I should not bully a dear friend and a guy I looked up to in this business for a long time before we got to work together. And a guy who has had some of the best times on the golf course with me. God damn, Buck, you are so much fun on the golf course. (laughs) We have got to get back out there this summer. Now that I got time to play, we got to play. And are you still good? Who's better? No. Oh, he's, he's, he's in a different league. Um, you know, you ask a guy if he's good in golf, and it all depends on who your friends are and who you aspire to be. And all of my golf buddies are better than me. So I think I suck. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, he doesn't. He's good. And oh, listen, I know this because my roommate from college, who I also went to high school with, is a scratch golfer. And, and I play with him, and I just I marvel at him. I just like to watch him. Yeah. He's so good, it's unbelievable. And yet he couldn't break 80 on a tour course. Correct. On which, a Monday qualifier. Which tells you that when you look at a guy like that, even yourself, you could compare yourself. You, you're good. The difference between my friend or you and the guys on the tour is mind-boggling. Oh, exactly. Mind-boggling. But it's still a great game to play. It's, it's, it's a blast. It's the best four and a half, five and, hours you can spend. And you know what? I get uh, disgusted with myself, and as my pro told me, the best line I ever heard was, he looked at me and he said, you're not good enough to be mad. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. I'm not, exactly. not good enough to be mad. Exactly. I'm happy to be outside. Exactly. Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future? GOAT. Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, where you're betting is every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to MyBookie. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up MyBookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything. Not just the National Anthem. MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. My bookie has a buffet 
of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You could even win big on NFL Squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. All right, let's get to it. Uh, during the Gibbs years, you were here at Channel 5 in D.C., Buck, and you covered the team yep. up close. Yep. And it was a different era, and, of course, the team was good. Yes. Now, as you look at this team, what do you see in terms of are they on the verge of something pretty good? It appears they are because <clears throat> they're building, and their defense is pretty impressive. Yeah. Their front four, obviously, is nasty, tremendous. Yeah. Uh, and I think they can plug in other places, and they have. And I think they're, they're on the verge. It's pretty obvious, I think, to all of us that they've got to get a qualified, proven, productive quarterback. Now, yeah. I think had Alex Smith been healthy, he, he might have been okay. He would have been okay. Yeah, I think he would have been d- pretty good. I mean, you could tell they, even when he after he came back, when he came in, yes. he managed the game better. That's my point. If he had stayed healthy, Carol, we would be having a shitload of fun right now Except with this team. when he went down with this injury, 6-2 and two record, I remember thinking it was the most it was bizarre 6-2. and two. It was. They were just awful to watch. It wasn't But that was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like, he would have been making strides along the way. But we'd be c- criticizing just the game manager doesn't have the deep ball. You know? Yeah, we, maybe. Eli, we need I don't know. We need more razzle-dazzle. We would have thought about <laughs> We would have found something to complain yeah. about is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So, you know, look, those guys don't grow on trees. But then again, you see Brady, you see Breeze, you see Rodgers. You see these great quarterbacks and Mahomes and these young guys that are coming up. <clears throat> they have to somehow get one of these guys. Right. And if they do, uh, then the next step, obviously, is, you know, it's so cliched to say it, but it's true when Gibbs was the coach and when the team was consistently good, <clears throat> your offensive and defensive lines have to be great. Right. I mean, when the Hogs were here, look at the year that they won in 91. Rippon was sacked Nine times, nine times for the whole year. The whole season. And Some slower, guys are slower nine times than, in a game. And he was slower than a statue, <laughs> right. too, which so, is hard to believe. Right. But he could throw, and yes. if you protected him, that's all you needed. And they did, and obviously they could open up holes. And they threw deep a yeah. ton that year. Deep so he everybody. should have been sacked a lot yeah. that and, year. You know, and he's got he's got Joe Jacoby protecting his blind side. Jacoby, obviously, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, um, and so the offensive and defensive lines are crucial. Uh, the one position I would never worry about on any team ever is running back. Good running backs are a dime a dozen. You can find them anywhere. Not great running backs. But good enough. Good, absolutely. Look at the Redskins. Look at the Washington football team. Look at Alfred Morris. I yeah. mean, come on. Where did this guy come from? Alfred Morris was a creation of basically that zone read, which took the league by storm, right. and what Griffin was doing that year. Right. And look Alfred at- Morris was a- Mike Shanahan. That's what he did. That's true, too. He- Mike Shanahan 
with his chop-blocking ways. Did I say that out yeah. loud? <laughs> he would make a star out of any running back. They're cut blocks, and they're perfectly legal, right, Carol, okay? Right. So stop blaspheming <laughs> but, Shanahan. But these guys, Gibson, I mean, you can find them anywhere. Never worry about running backs. You'll always get a decent running back. Wide receivers Chris are different. Chris has been a Hawks. Sorry about that. I'll get to that in a second. Keep talking. Wide receiver is a little different story. Okay. Um, you know, you those don't those can be tough. Where are we at now with covering the football team locally? Because hell, Channel Four doesn't even have a sports department anymore. Neither does five. And neither does Channel Five, your former well, station. Five hasn't had one for longer than than four. Yeah. Um I, I don't understand it, Buck, and you've and spent a lot of games are on those those channels. So pre and post game shows are those they're a little minute. They're, I know they're built into the local news, and they're hosted by news anchors. Yeah, who I mean, don't I, really sound like they know what they're talking about. They, when I ask yeah, them. they're right, sort of on the edge. <clears throat> and I and obviously I love Doreen. I, I worked with Doreen in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Doreen Gensler Doreen knows what in, she's in 1979. For those that don't listen, Dor- don't know Doreen Gensler is easily the queen of local television news in DC. Now, yeah, absolutely. elegant lady <clears throat> has been there forever. Thirty great, great newscaster. Yep. When I met her, Carol introduced me. I was all scared. I was like shaking. You were. Oh yeah. He serious? Was, oh yeah. It was fucking Doreen Gensler, man. Wait, <laughs> the goat. I'm walking him through the newsroom. We taped Redskin Showtime, which is a big production. It was right after Meet the Press here, and we taped it in a different room. So we walked through the newsroom. His mouth dropped open. <laughs> That's Doreen Gensler. <laughs> he, he goes, "Do you think?" Meter. Was, was, like, was Vance alive then? No, no, sadly. I never got to meet the yeah. great Jim Vance. Yeah. No, he May he rest so in peace. I watched Doreen do her um, audition tape in Chattanooga at WRC. Ironically, the station I worked for in Chattanooga was WRCB. Huh. <laughs> How about that? That's NBC right. station. And I was doing the sports there, and she came there right out of college. She was out of the University of Georgia. Well, she does know her sports stuff. I haven't seen no, her. She, yeah, she, no, but she's the larger, the larger thing is, okay, so I'm looking at the landscape back in the day, and not only did there be a, a lead sports anchor and a backup sports guy mm-hmm. at all four local channels. Correct. Four, five, seven, and nine. Yep. NBC, Fox, ABC, CBS. But there was also sideshows. Redskins Showtime. There was the show with George Michael. There was and our show, Redskins Will Playbook. Bond. Redskins Playbook. Channel yeah. 9 had uh, Redskins, Redskins Sidelines. sidelines. With, exactly. With Glenn, with Glenn, obviously, and Sonny. Yeah. There's Redskins where, where, Nation. Where, where are we now with that? Super- and why are they all gone? And when are, are they ever going to come back? Uh, to the, I know NBC, what really hurt the station I, I left, because they sent me to Super Bowl 50. We didn't even have a team. We didn't have a dog in the fight. I got sent to Super Bowl 50 just because Joe Jacoby might be uh, getting the news that he's going to the Hall of Fame. And you killed it that and week. I, yeah, so I killed it that week. But then, like, a year later, what happened was NBC as a corporation, so NBC Universal, they budgeted all this money from political ads, and oh. Trump's campaign didn't spend it. And so they started to look for ways to cut. And so they realized, and we did a PowerPoint presentation I, I watched, that the teams we were covering had their own media markets, and all, all they could reach their viewers and didn't need us. So that's when it started to spiral. You guys needed cover these teams in a way that are not being covered try to be more infotainment or get the stories nobody else is doing you the writing was on the wall in my last like town hall when i was at the uh, wrc nbc meeting and i was told by an executive producer who was leaving get out they want to get rid of the sports office they knew that was a way i think it will come back i think it could come back 
I just think with social media, uh, local news didn't have the resources because they feel like we were just doing what everybody else was doing. Hmm. I, I didn't know. think that either. When I left, the, the week I gave them uh, my notice, I had done a sit-down with Clinton Portis and Santana Moss about Sean, um, his um, his death. I think it was the— uh, Sean Taylor's death, I think yeah. it was the 10-year anniversary. I'm just, like, thinking if it was— Years go by. It's at least been 10. That yeah, 10 week, plus. I sat down and talked to those guys about Sean Taylor's death, and it was either the 10-year anniversary of the, when he was murdered or maybe it was his birthday. I don't remember— Everyone was doing that story, and my story trended on their on their web pages. They tr- was their number one yeah. trending story for yeah. the whole week. And what good did that do? And and so if, if you're doing stuff that's actually contributing, right? Um, I don't know. See why they didn't think it at we brought value, but we did. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pivot uh, off of that to LeBron and the female fan on Monday night in Atlanta. You've seen the clip by now, yes, and you know the controversy. Yeah. Here was this woman after the game, of course, giving her accounts of what happened. So I'm minding my own business, and Chris has been a Hawks fan forever. He's been watching the games for 10 years, whatever. All right, let's pause. What caliber are those eyelashes, Carol? Are those eyelashes like, uh, they look like hawk's wings. I'm They're not so even big. kidding. I know those are called Russian glam. Russian glam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are they the largest legal eyelashes mm-hmm. you can glue? I'm just impressed because you and I would have never known they're called bring, Russian glam. <laughs> this is what I bring. What the this hell? Is, this is what I bring to the table. Right. Clearly. I have this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue with LeBron. I don't give a fuck about LeBron. Anyway. All I give a fuck about is collagen in my lips, as you can see. <laughs> I'm minding my own business, drinking my having fun all of a sudden lebron says something to my husband and i and i <laughs> look at the head doing the bob well, like this like oh uh. see this and i go i stand up and go don't fucking talk to my husband and he looks at me and he goes sit the fuck down bitch and i go don't fucking call me a bitch you sit the fuck get the fuck out of here and i go don't fucking talk to my husband like that don't talk to my husband. And he literally was like, fuck you, bitch. Sit down, bitch. And all of a sudden. Now, do you think LeBron really said no, that? No, and there are microphones everywhere. Someone, let me hear another version. Let me hear another microphone on the court. I'm dubious, Buck, that LeBron James <laughs> would actually say that. I don't think he would say that. But what did he allegedly say to her husband? I missed that. I don't know. Maybe your husband was running his mouth. I think he said sit down. Now I'm getting kicked out. Excuse me. I have courtside seats that I pay. Excuse me. (laughs) And let me me just clarify one thing. She's not from Georgia. (laughs) No, this girl is not from Georgia. Where is she from? I don't know, but you can tell by the dialect. Fuck you, LeBron. You're a fucking pussy. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to let a 25-year-old girl intimidate you during a game? Whoa, she's 25? I would have pegged her at 35. She eats with that mouth? Good God. (laughs) I say she had spent at least four hours getting ready. So oh, absolutely. I'm thinking she went there to and get kicked out. And she looks like she's dressed for a Hawks game. I think That's... she went there to get kicked out, honestly. Bitch. I wouldn't be surprised. Well. Yo, I truly cannot fathom how whack some of you guys are. Like, and <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but if my girl was at a game and someone was talking to me and my girl didn't stand up for me, I would reevaluate that relationship. So for all of you clowns saying, clowns. your wife's a gold digger, guess what? If I was a gold digger, I would sit back and mind my own fucking beeswax, <laughs> and I wouldn't open my mouth. But guess what? I'm not a gold digger. That's my husband. I love him. Someone disrespects him, I will check him, whether check it's him. LeBron James or a fucking bum on the street. <laughs> <laughs> 
there you go. By the way, watch. She's going to get her own show. Some reality uh, show or something. I don't that's, know. That's, that's like, not a Georgia girl. There's so many thirsty girls out there, Carol, that just want their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. And the thing with the NBA now, Buck, is that any player can basically point to a fan and say, get him out of here. And you've got no recourse as a fan. There was the guy in Utah that says he didn't go over the line, but a player said he did. There was the incident with Golden State in the finals with the fan who pushed briefly, gently, I mean, not gently, but it was a push, whatever, from a fan. And the incidents between players and fans have been getting uglier and uglier. This is a problem for the NBA, if you ask me. You know, years ago, and I'm going way back, There was a. this is one of the early incidents. Robin Ficker. A very good friend of mine who was a referee. I used to referee with him in the Urban Coalition League in D.C., a guy named Joe Forte. He was oh, a yeah. big-time referee for 20 years in the NBA. His son referees now, Brian Forte. Where's his number 45? Okay. Jimmy Buffett was at a game in New York at Madison Square Garden, and evidently he was uh, spewing expletives and, uh, and yelling this from, the, from his seats, which were almost courtside. And Joe went over and had him taken out of the game, kicked out of the game. And a fellow referee went over to him and said, do you know who that is? And he said, no. He said, that's Jimmy Buffett. He said, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, but he's, he's Jimmy out of the arena he, now. He was sitting next I to care? his grandson. That's funny. And, and was, uh, had the curse words, and he made him go. And this was, this was probably 25 years ago. Yeah. So, so it happens. So Robin Ficker was the original heckler, and yep. he is now still an attorney in the state of Maryland. You yep. know him well. He yep. was there at Bullets Games way back in the day. Yep. Charles, Charles. I, I heard you're running for governor of Alabama. Before I vote for you, I want to know your view on health care, the economy, and NAFTA. And he turned around and said, well, I do have a view on the death penalty. They should use it on you. <laughs> did Jordan ever respond to you? Oh, yeah, he did, because uh, he had claimed he hadn't read Sam Smith's book, The Jordan Rules. He claimed he hadn't read it, which was a bestseller. You read it to way, him, didn't you? I, I read him excerpts <laughs> from it, some of the embarrassing excerpts where he made comments about his, his teammates calling. Uh, he called uh, one of the guys a six foot ten stiff. He, he, he made some un- uncomplimentary remarks. There were uncomplimentary quotes in the book. And then occasionally I would make things up. And he would turn around when I did that and shake his head. No, he read every word of that book. But yeah. he and Charles were different because after the game, Charles would go out in the clubs. And anyway, you get the gist of it there. So the bottom line is heckling in the NBA now. You better have a camera on yourself recording everything you say if you have to defend yourself if you get kicked out. Also, though, don't forget, too, you know, these players have a a code, and they're not allowed to do things either. You saw that with Vernon Maxwell years when he went up into the stands, obviously the fight in Detroit. Oh, yeah, Mouse in the house. Uh, So they they know, too, where the line is. Right. And uh, and and they try and that, you don't see him cross it very often now. Yeah. Well, anyway, I like LeBron James's reaction after the game when he was talking about it. I really like having the fans there. It's needed. Gets him up. But his face at the time, he did look annoyed. But what I still don't know what transpired. Did he was he looking at the girl? Was he know. saying something to the husband? Who knows? Allegedly. He did I mean, point I, to them. He did uh, point to yeah. them. It was like, like, do you think you'll really get to the bottom? No. Or the truth of what happened? No, I'm just curious to know what, what someone said. Something 
This woman said, oh, yeah, bitch. <laughs> and LeBron said something else. Maybe he said bitch. Probably not. I think LeBron's too smart to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't think you would do that, especially knowing that there's mics everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's uh, We'll see if there's more of this uh, as fans start to trigger. The other thing was I go, oh, yeah, there's fans in Atlanta. I guess they're at 10%. Just a week so ago they started. Just at least week. it's something. We'll take it, Carol. Listen, that's the South, man. Look at all the football games. Look at Alabama. Look at all the – the South is different. You yep. go to Florida, by the way, there's no COVID in Florida. Do you wear your mask in Florida? Absolutely, but nobody else okay. does. All right. Oh, I mean, seriously. People walking around there, no masks, walking down the middle of Atlantic Avenue and Delray Beach, no and, masks. And your point? My point and is – are the numbers that much different? No, they're yeah. better. Oh, get out of here. They're not better in Florida. Yeah, I will show you. Crazy? Yeah. The whole South. No, look. Come on. I, I, I could show you, but if you don't sound like you're curious about it. I am curious, but I, death, don't, ag- I don't agree with death, you. I don't deaths per million is below California and New York. No. I, I think it's irresponsible. <laughs> see, see, he didn't want to hear my numbers. He just said, ah, it's irresponsible. Well, the science says I mean, that. Deaths you know. per million is lower than New York and California, which had two of the most stringent, lo- stringent lockdowns, and Florida schools have been open since September. But the science says that social distancing and mask wearing oh, is boy. the best way to keep it we're, away. We're, we're, yeah, we're now deep into the weeds. Let's move on. <laughs> Carol, from one hot topic to another, how about all these female coaches in football? Right. Yeah. I how mean, on the one how hand. How about them? How about them? Now, you first knocked my socks off when you first came on the sports reporters. I remember. And we went out to the parking lot, me, you, and Andy, to throw a football. Uh-huh. We had and time this, to kill. This girl got an arm. Throws a seed. She I don't throw to. like no girl. No, I used to. She is an <laughs> athlete, torn, Buck. Okay, but I have a torn labrum, so you don't ask me to go do it right now. Right. So yeah. look, I I think in the abstract it's wonderful, but I worry that the NFL is over promoting this whole angle. Okay. Well, my ability to throw a tight spiral <laughs> doesn't mean I could possibly know anything about the game. To coach right. it. Right. The, the women who are hired, I'm just hoping, and it's for me, just I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I know no one else is, right. that they know what they're doing and they can add value to the team. And while they didn't play it at the level that needed to be played, mm-hmm. it's always good to look around the room and think you have different brains on board. So I'm hoping that the people that are doing the hiring know what they're doing and they're not just hiring a token woman to get some headlines and some splash and that you know, the men will respect them. Of course, I've thought that, too, when women have been on football teams as kickers or whatever, and then it's always a disaster later when you hear about whatever um, yeah. misogynistic takes or whatever. So I just hope that this, that the folks that have been Jennifer Kings of the world, that the folks that have been hired, um, you know, you just you don't want them to be there for tokens. And right. then, then it sets us back. I mean, there's a lot of these positions. First of all, Buck, Sports are overcoached at the pro level. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, you look at in the NBA. Back when my partner Phil Chenier played, they had three assistant coaches. Now Now, how many? Now there's like eight or nine. Eight or nine? Absolutely. Assistant coaches. It's ridiculous. For For a league in which, let's be honest, the players... They don't listen to the coaches that much. No, it's uh, <laughs> coaching in the NBA is is I used to say is um, is about forty percent strategy and sixty percent psychological. Right. As a coach, keeping guys happy, motivated, knowing how and to deal point. with these guys. Right. There's not that much strategy. Well, There's then some. women are f- there for that. We know exactly. 
<laughs> that might be it. Wind you guys up. <laughs> and, what to and, say? And to us going. Off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. We definitely do. I'm all for you know the Becky Hammonds of the world for sure. I'm more. I'm more down with women getting management positions like GMs, like uh, the woman who is now the GM of is it the Marlins? Uh, a, a, a new GM of the Marlins. I'll Google this right now. But because I think that's where you're going to get some fresh eyes on a sometimes stale process of how do we win mm-hmm. because there it's an organizational thing. I don't know from a coaching standpoint, how much is a player going to respect a woman who's got this low level coaching job, probably because it's part of the effort to include women. And there's a bunch of other coaches who are also really good at knowing the sport. How much is that going to make a difference? Probably not a lot. Do you have a problem with the effort to include women? No, just on, no, that but it's always basis. a slippery slope where you're like, is this really needed? Is this legit? Or is this literally just we're checking a box? Yeah. I, I don't know I, how no to sort that. No woman wants to be a box checker. Right. We, we, we want to be there because we've earned it. Kim Ng is her name. N-G. I Kim, need, to, Kim I need to restate that. Yes. Most women. Most there are women. definitely some women who are, right. who are their tokens and they're, they're what I call in our business script readers. And they, they do set you back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're six years past Deflategate as the Super Bowl approaches. What do we think six years in arrears? Did Brady really cheat? <laughs> it, whether he did or it, he didn't, it doesn't bother me. Like okay. it bothers some people. First of all, I don't think that there was anything done to those footballs, but if there was, whatever. Listen, the guy, watch him play. Does it matter whether it's underinflated or overinflated? He's as spectacular, right. maybe the greatest quarterback ever. Right. Uh, um, it doesn't. That has uh, doesn't have any effect but, on but, me. But wasn't it a hell of a story the way it unfolded and the levels it went to? I mean, the legal process went as far as it could before finally petering out just shy of the Supreme fucking court. Yeah. Over a couple of PSI of air (laughs) in footballs. And what to me was always fascinating was that, okay, so NFL, you're letting each team have their own balls. I didn't know that before then. Yeah, and did you know that balls that are kicked are different than balls that are used during the game? Yes, exactly. So you're giving them their own balls because they want them a certain way, with a certain amount of tack, with a certain amount of scuff. Sure. And they and even yet, have the name on them. Right. And then yet, you're like, well, those are underinflated. Like, it's some huge advantage to have a soppy Nerf ball as a ball. It didn't, didn't so bother stupid. me. It didn't bother me. It bothered me. It, I, it, made, it added uh, fuel to the fire, my case against Tom Brady. Tom Brady being a cheater? Yeah. yeah. Well, what bothered me— And the me, whole Patriot way. Yeah. Just the edge that they got. What bothered me was the league's absolute dishonesty and how they dealt with it and the millions they spent on this company exponent that uh, purported to say, well, here's how it happened. What's funny is that people that knew science and everything else went right at the report and said, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. They tore that apart tooth and limb because smart people are on the internet and they're looking at the actual report going, you forgot about this, you forgot about that. And that's where we learned about the ideal gas law, which is probably why the balls were a little bit underinflated. It was 43 and rainy that night. 
And then to, to let the guy who was supposedly doing the inflating take the he was the fall guy just, for Brady. Yes, right? just Tremsky. He got asked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To me, as a guy that does sports radio, it was such a, a a buffalo that fed the tribe for a long time. It was such a great kill in the fields of oh, we can talk about this because it fed us for months and months at a time, and there was hot takes on all sides. Yeah. It was really yeah. good. It was as good as the uh, Jeff Galuli. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan thing, but that was before my time in sports radio. If yeah. only there was oh, something you'd have like had a that. Field day with that. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, I don't want anyone to get kneecapped. Well, there's a few people I do, but I'm not going to say who. But that would be great for sports <clears throat> radio. So that. Uh, speaking of cheating, is Patrick Reed a cheater, Buck? You know, again, Zabe. You, <laughs> you play golf casually. I, I, I play casually, so I'm happy to pick my ball up and clean it anywhere on the course. Now, I'm not playing against guys for money. I'm just playing for fun. Right. So, And I want to have the most enjoyable experience that I can have. And if that means picking up my ball to clean the crap off of it or placing it on top of the grass so that at least I have a legitimate shot to make contact, right. then that's what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, you know what? Go play with somebody else. Do you know now, the best term that Buck ever introduced me to? Two of the, two of the best terms on the golf course, Carol. Bipsick and Bipley. That's right. Tell no, Carol no what. No idea what either one means. They're acronyms, sort they're of like acronyms. DNPCD and basketball. Did right. not play coach's decision. Right. Bip Bip sick is ball in pocket, sitting in cart. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, you might go, "Hey, where's Carol? She's Bip sick on yeah, this hole. She's Bip sick. She's already had nine strokes and she's done. She's Bip sick. Oh, the mine second, would be nine drinks and then she's yeah. the second best term is the the corollary term, the cousin term is Bip Lee. Bip Lee. Ball in pocket, lost interest. <laughs> I have had both of those. Could have any time been diagnosed. I'm giving this hole up. I'm done. I can't find my ball. Um, uh, can I just tell you, I think he should know better. Patrick Reed should know better. I know he made a big point about saying, did it bounce? No. Well, this person who has no authority other than just to stand there and make the crowd well, is in the and way. And what was the volunteer? But the we, way what? he picked it up with his hand over the ball. Yeah. And maybe squished it down first. Why poke, 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 poke. Right. Yeah. This is why. And there's, I mean, you they don't have the evidence, yeah. so they exonerated how the, him. The how pigeon. did the volunteer not see the ball bounce? Because that's not her job. She's 67 and gets to play the course for free on Mondays. He's not a rules official. He's right. asking someone who's not a rules official for some, like, official advice. Then he takes that and runs with it and then asks the yeah. – well, he should know better. I, here, here's the, the, the larger point, I think, Buck, is that, you know, Patrick Reed already had a rep. And he won the tournament going away anyway, despite shit in the bed on the back nine that he day. Was up four strokes at I the know. time of this number 10 incident. Right, and he played the back nine like a guy thinking about what his excuses would be, not about making pars, which tells you probably his guilt. Bottom line is he still won the tournament. Guess what? Wasn't worth it. Because this will last forever. The allegations and the suspicions of being a cheater is not fucking worth it it's not new for him and he still does it because I cheaters kn- have to cheat that's exactly it's in their dna yep right but I, I listened to the um rules see there he is afterwards. we're watching here we're watching it right now the problem is with that camera angle well no but that's the only camera oh, thing there is pushing down right now <laughs> watch it no watch him extend his arm right there and oh, lean forward pushing. 
He's like, well, let's make sure we get a little indentation here. His ball, the ball is in his palm, and he was pushing his fingers to make the hole bigger. You need to explain the to the listeners what the rule is, because <laughs> the rule is don't do that. Well, the rule is if the if the ball lands and makes an indention and doesn't bounce, you can then relieve it. It has to be embedded <clears throat> in the soil below the below surface. The surface. Right. So that's exactly. why he was trying to push it to make a hole. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, and it worked because the, cheating. the rules official came, put the finger in the hole, and said, "I feel a lip." So you were right. Yeah. The old finger in the hole. <laughs> and with that, we move on. <laughs> uh, it's snowing right now, Buck. It's been snowing. I know. It, now, I will tell you this, and you and I love the weather. Oh, you buddy, love weather. I love weather. Carol you, you've worked both, with weather we've people. We've both done what we did weather. Done weather yeah. on TV. Okay. I did weather in my first job in Harrisonburg, Virginia at uh, WHSV TV. You never pinch hit for weather at five or at four one in an emergency. I did it no. one time. Four okay. at five. They have an army of people at four. I did it in uh, the Quad Cities, Iowa, and Mason City, Iowa. My yeah. first right. two markets. Okay. I did it because I have my pilot's license. So in Harrisonburg, they figured since I had my pilot's license, I must know a little something <laughs> about meteorology. But in truth, what I used to do. And this is 1977. Is this confession? This is great. You'll love this. <laughs> the weather guy here at Channel 9 was a guy named Gordon Barnes. Okay? He was legendary here. Yep. I had one of the very earliest VCR. It wasn't even a VC, VHS tape recorders. It was a Quasar machine. You, the, the tape is not compatible with anything nowadays. But I had one, and I used to record stuff so that I could send it home to my, my parents so they could watch it from Harrisonburg. I used to record Gordon Barnes's weather at 6 o'clock on Channel 9, come home from the station after the news at 6, write everything he had on the map down on a piece of paper, go back to this TV station, draw it up on our map, and then use the same forecast. You stole his weather forecast, you son of a bitch! Absolutely. And it was great. And I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Frontal systems and spin in the atmosphere and in over us and all of that stuff and high and low pressure systems. And thanks to Gordon for doing that. And, you know, the forecast in Harrisonburg wasn't all that different than the one in Washington. Even though it's a good 140 miles away. degrees South and west. But, yeah, so, so we did that. But but uh, so we love to talk yeah. about the weather, and I know Kevin Sheehan, our buddy, loves. We, we, you know, when we were all at Channel Five, we we got into uh, it. Oh yeah! And the weather people get so geeked up; it's just hysterical. Yeah. It cracks me up, and that's fine. That's for that's for what years they do. in the DC market. Our dean of weather people was Bob Ryan. Absolutely, at Channel, Channel 4. Four. Bob says it's going to rain. It's going to rain. <laughs> you know, that's what they're telling you. You know, so you believe that shit. So you know? Buck Buck had Buck would always do the typical Bob Ryanisms, like. Well, here we are in Washington, and I think tomorrow when you get up and head out to work and head out to school, you're going to need the umbrella because of the system that's in over us and the spin in the atmosphere. But I think after that, the weather will be delicious, he said confidently. (laughs) (laughs) And his key signature phrase was, here in Washington. Here we are in Washington. Here we are in Washington. Here we are in Washington. But I respected that because it was his hook. Sure. It was his trademark. Yep. It was almost like a play-by-play guy. That might say, so-and-so is going right to left across your radio dial. Right. He was not only believable, obviously, very credible, but came across as a very nice guy on camera. Yeah. Uh, came across as a, a really nice guy. That dated, like. dated haircut that but, did know, not really uh, evolve in the that's 90s. Okay. But all Excuse of the me, weather people are. I don't know this are. story. Do I want to know it? What? Dated haircut? 
No. Well, just, oh, his haircut. His haircut, was, his haircut was dated. <laughs> yeah. Like the years went on. It's like, hey, Bob, nobody's rocking that anymore. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> But I'm a bald guy, so I'm just jealous. What do you know? You know right? yeah. Exactly. I thought yeah. you say you're dating a woman you nicknamed haircut. <laughs> haircut. <laughs> I don't know about that. But all of the, uh, you know, you like, uh, like Sue, obviously. Sue is Sue, Sue Palka, Channel close. 5, yeah. She came to Channel 5 the year after I got there, which was in 84. And we're best friends. Hillary Howard, same way. I mean, those are two of the nicest women. I, I call Sue the Mr. Roger, Mrs. Rogers of, of weather. I'm going to tell so you nice. something as someone who's done weather, and I did it for extended periods when they went on jury duty or whatever. They're like, oh, you can talk off, you know, without a script. You should do weather. Um, and I just national weather. It was the easiest job yeah, ever. It ex- is. Except and then here I'm like, oh, easy day. I'm doing weather. Just quick minutes. And you say the same kind of stuff over. You right, change it right, a little bit. Right. Uh, then when it gets severe... That's when I realized I was out of my element. We had uh, yeah. tornadoes hit. <laughs> they kept breaking to me to, to tell everybody to take cover or this right. and that. I'm sweating buckets. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally have pit stains. I'm sweating. People's lives are in your you hands. You did the Albert point. Brooks on broadcast news. And that's when I realized, I could, at first I was like, I'm going to give up sports. I'm just going to do weather. It's so easy. You stay in air conditioning. Well, there's, more jobs. there's more jobs well, than this TV for sure. I have said this forever and for 40 years. I'm coming back to do weather because it's the it's the only job that I know where you can make mistakes every night and not get fired for it. <laughs> There's absolutely no accountability. As if you had to predict sports outcomes for your and, livelihood. And, and Come would on. always say that we're not, Yeah, we're yeah. not any better than yeah. the weather people, yeah. you know. No, it's true. But, but that, that is a great job because they're – and I've always said this, and I believe this to be true, that every weather forecast should be prefaced by saying every, – every person, meteorologist included, should be prefaced by saying – this is just an educated guess, but I think this is what's going to happen tomorrow. Every one of them should have to say that because, first of all, they're all looking at models. Nobody's actually right. forecasting anything. No. These people are not working for the FAA. They're not in State College, Pennsylvania, or the Weather Channel in Atlanta. They're just TV guys that did meteorology school, and they know something about the weather. But they're not actually forecasting it. They're getting it from models that come from State College. But at some and, point, they've got to make the call. Yeah, but everybody's making the same call. Mm-hmm. They're all making the same call. The line. I don't know. I'd the, have to track it. The below and yeah. above freezing now, I'd have to track. I'd have to track the different <clears throat> stations, the different weather guys to see who made the rightest call as it comes down to it. One of our good friends, I won't mention his name because he's a friend and I love him, but just a weather guy here, three days ago, I told this to Carol earlier, three days ago, <laughs> was, was all geeked up given the forecast. And by the way, we shouldn't be given seven or ten day forecasts. Come on. Their wish cast. Three days is about max. That's sure. about it. Uh, although they got this snowstorm set, pretty correct. Yeah, seven days out, yeah, they weren't they, they totally were all over off. It. So uh, he says this Friday it's going to be 50 degrees, and Saturday's going to be 60. And was all excited about it. 60. And I'm thinking, wow, how about that? Now, this is three days ago. I didn't see no 60 okay. on yeah. the 10-day yeah. well, in the last couple of that's days. That's why there's no accountability, because you don't remember what they said. I remembered it. I told my wife, I go, honey, it's going to be 60 on Friday. And I she's like, really? Yeah. And then 
a day later, I go back to my phone. I'm like, what happened to the 60? Yeah. It was so, a 43. Right. Now, now, if you look at the forecast, the, 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 this Saturday is supposed to be 43. Now, how do you 43 miss? 43 or 60. How do you miss by ah. 17 degrees <laughs> in the middle of February? Hey, people miss. Here's a guy I want you to. Do you know Tom Skilling in Chicago, weatherman? I, I've seen him before. This guy is unbelievable. It looks like a human egg, but <laughs> look at the time on this video, Buck. Tell me what that time is on the bottom there. Uh, eight, eight, 10, 8, 12. Eight, eight minutes and 12 seconds, Carol. Oh, that's how long the, the weather cast yes! was? Yes! Look at this! Yeah, but see, that's, uh, that's eight minutes. Yeah. You've never seen a more comprehensive blitz of maps and numbers than Tom Skilling in Chicago. Yeah. On, I forget what channel he's on. WGN. Now appears uh, northern counties may escape with little more than a dusting of snow. But look at this. While the city I'm minutes, scrubbing, yeah. I'm scrubbing through. Look at all these maps. Oh, listen. We used to do this all the time, Zabe. And Sue would do weather right before sports, okay? Yeah. And I would be, and she would go over all the time because she didn't listen to her cues, and they'd be wrapping her up, and she'd go over by 30 seconds, and we'd get into our sports cast, and my producer. They, they'd take it out of your ass. Absolutely. because I was they'd a, take day. every time. Because you're the last thing in the show. <laughs> and, if, and we had a news director that said if we could get him outside the newscast, we would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and they'd come to us in our ear, and they'd say, Kill the kill the last story, it's wow. like or kill thirty seconds, and it's like, dude, you're killing me. I know because you're timing that stuff out to the second. Yes, you know you get three and a half or four and a half or in an hour show at Channel Five we might get five or maybe even six during the football season. Yeah, you got that stuff timed out. Right, and if you have a kicker piece, which is like your Usually fun your piece, best thing, you, your best thing is at the end, and it's a kicker and it's funny and you come out and you all have good fun and not a laugh. Well, you got to kill it if they're telling you, you know. And and it and it brutal. The and sports, I to, pe- yeah. The sports people are there, like uh, Christopher and The Sopranos, when Polly Walnut says, "This is coming out of your end." Yeah, it was always coming out of your end of time because if somebody went long, there's no you got other way to go. Yeah. You're, you're the last thing in the show. And now they've solved that, Carol, by eliminating <laughs> the sports. Sports saying that's right. Now so weather can go as long solved. as they want. Weather can go for hours. <laughs> but listen, every news director I've ever had, and this this is why I tell these young young viewers who never saw Glenn Brenner uh, and I tell him uh, this is this is the guy that was the best sportscaster I've ever seen in the country and I've traveled to every city in the country with the Wizards mm-hmm. um, uh, th- this is why these guys are gold every news director I've ever had and at Channel 5 in 14 years I had 13 news directors wow. how about that Every one of them said the same thing to me. And this is all the other stations I worked at, too, five other stations. People, only 75, 75% of the people that are watching the news are not watching for sports. Only 25%. Now, this is back in the day. It may have changed a little bit, but obviously But now, everybody watches for weather. It. Everybody watches it'll for rain, weather. it'll rain on 100% of people. Everybody watches for weather, which is why weather gets all yeah. kinds of time. All right. Exit question. And by the way, Buck has his own podcast with the great Phil Chenier. It's called On the Road. On the Road with Buck and Phil. Buck and Phil. It's available wherever podcasts are delivered, right? Yeah. And And you come out once a week, Once a week. And we did 27 episodes kind of during the pandemic and the bubble. Okay. When the bubble was over, we took a break for a few weeks, and now we started back up. Beautiful. But, you know, uh, Phil and I did it because we wanted to have fun. We clearly weren't getting rich. 
<laughs> not making any money, but we just wanted to have a voice and talk about the team and whatever. But between the two of us, we knew that between our Rolodexes, we could get some pretty good guests. And you have. Mark Cuban, Gilbert Arenas, Michael Wilbon, Ernie Johnson, Gus Johnson, Scott Van Pelt, David Falk, Earl Monroe, Sam Jones. Um, you know, people. And you that, talk about life on the NBA just, road. Yeah, we just talk about all kinds of stuff, and 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 it's fun, and it's fun to talk to these people and get their perspective on things. You, Is there one thing you've learned about Phil or someone else that you didn't know before? Uh, about Phil, you know, I would say he, he knew everything. I knew everything. Traveled yeah, with I, him for years. For twenty How many, years. Twenty years traveling. Yeah. By the way, do you know Buck's incredible list of princess demands when traveling? <laughs> With the team, can't be near the ice maker. Can't be near the elevators. Well, you're not wrong. Got to have this. Got to have that. You, you really. Well, I you... just, I just want to be comfortable, babe. <laughs> I'm old enough to say, look, come on. I just want to be comfortable. When you sleep in a hotel, yeah. and your livelihood is on your brain getting enough rest. Yeah, and you you're next to the, the you're next to the housekeeping closet, and you hear that door banging starting at oh, eight o'clock. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have to run outside. You know. Uh, quiet, quiet, they por favor. You're doing me in, you know, trying to sleep. You know, I'm trying to tell them to please. <laughs> please, por favor. You know, quiet, quiet. And the stuff I found under the mattresses and. Um, oh, yeah. If I could make one law, absolute law in America, is that every hotel has to have a ice maker on every floor. Okay. Because the, oh, no, it's on the alternate. Right, it's on the Bullshit. Stop <laughs> jitsing me. And it must be located next to the elevators in a room very visibly marked. The hunting for an ice maker at hotels is the most maddening thing ever. It is. You have to walk down to the end of one hall. No, it's not down here. And okay. God forbid you should get a room next to one. That's a problem. It's like getting a room. <laughs> it's like getting a room next to Dave Johnson, who does sports in the morning on WTOP. Because why? He snores? No. No, he did oh. it in his room. He, he did it. All right. He's so loud that it's seven Hey, Dave Johnson here. WTOP oh, Wizards win last and, night. And when, it, when we would go to a hotel, if I would we would all walk to our rooms, and if I was walking next to Dave and saw him next to me, I didn't even go in my room. I went right nice. down to the desk to change the room. Do not put me next to Dave Johnson. All right, we're about to go in and have a lunch at the Palm here in Tyson's Corner. It is one of the best, if not the best, steakhouse in all of America, Carol, and we love coming here every Tuesday with our guests. Um, and if you want to make a power lunch reservation for yourself, this, the Palm here is uh, open and operating uh, seven days a week, lunch and dinner, and you know with the proper social distancing and protocols at whatever percentage they're allowing them to operate at. And the staff here is great. And Eric, the GM, has been very nice to us. Yes. So, Eric Larson is not here today. Okay. Hopefully our sweet deal still goes. <laughs> um, you- <laughs> better. <laughs> better, damn it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and just go to the Palm website. Palm DC here in Tyson's. There's a bunch of them all over. We're at the one in Tyson's. DC's open now. It is good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank DC God for just that. opened up the restaurants at 25 or 50 percent. I think. So. All right. Exit question. What is the other best steakhouse you've ever been to? Because the Palm is the best, of course. It really is. Have you had the tomahawk here? By the way, the tomahawk. I've had. I've had everything here. And truthfully, there's other things besides steak here. Like today. And a lot of times I get veal parmesan, oh. which is great. Try the veal, as the saying. <laughs> try the veal. Always try the How veal. about a fresca? Have you been to Burns in yeah, Tampa? Yeah, in Tampa, absolutely. B-Y-R-N-E-S, no, it's very B- famous. it's not B-Y. Oh, it's B-U-R-N-S. Yes, right, yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, there's that. There's the one in Indy, which I've never been to. St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's, they which is legendary. They have the hottest legendary. shrimp cocktail in the country. Okay. That's what they're known for. 
Paul Charchian took me to Manny's in Minneapolis. In there? Yep. <laughs> in there. I've, been every, Dave, I've been to every one of them. Come have on. you been to Joe's Stone Crab? That's not a steakhouse. Have I been there? <laughs> you, have I been there? You've got your own seat there. Please, Dave. All right. That's what other, and Carol, have you been to any great steakhouses I'm, I'm through the years? I'm from the great state of Iowa. Yep. Um, beef is my life. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I uh, would put Jesse Ember's Steakhouse. It's Ooh. a local spot in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, wow. It's any of those Haven't places. been there. Yeah. My two would be also in, in Miami, which has some of the best restaurants in the country, Prime 112, which is our boy Miles Chaffetz, who went to GW, but he's a New Yorker, owns Prime 112. That's the place to see and be seen. Every agent, every yeah. athlete, every ball player goes there, and it's spectacular. But along with the Palm, and we've known the Gansies for years, my favorite is also Ma- is- Mastro's. Yeah, Mastro's is spectacular. I'm right. not just saying that the Palm is the best, though. I'm not just saying that because well, we're sitting out here. We no, wouldn't be no, here. The if Palm we didn't is great. So. The Palm is great, uh, and I love. And I we go all the time. My is mother your face on the wall? lived here. It is. Which of course one? it is. Let's You'll go sit twice. Let's go sit under it. It's oh two faces God, of my You have a cartoon face on the wall. Son of a bitch, two this guy. All right, uh, but yeah, Mastro's is, is spectacular. All right, guys, let's go eat. It's good to see you, Buck. See you. Bye. Right. Be well. All right, let's end on a little coronavirus roundup here. Dr. Angela Rasmussen on Twitter said the following, quote, I know this isn't a welcome prospect, but how much longer are we going to ignore the mounting evidence that a circuit breaker is needed to reduce transmission while we ramp up vaccination? Circuit breaker, I love the terminology. In other words, fuck up whatever your life is right now with insane restrictions. Mounting evidence. What the fuck is she talking about? Here's the fact. New positive cases are down 43% nationwide since January 8th. They are essentially in a free fall because viruses are seasonal. And by seasonal, I don't mean necessarily they happen in the spring or the fall. Season in that they have waves. You know, viruses have a season. Like, okay, it's ramping up. This is the season. It goes up and then it goes down. And of course, the vaccines are helping as well. It's just insane that these people are out there. And her bio says aggressively, no, not aggressively, excessively direct virologist. Affiliate at Georgetown underscore GHSS. I don't know what that is. And soon at VidO Intervac. Emerging virus host responses. One time Jeopardy loser. And then, he, then she includes rep and an at Annie Scranton. Oh, and then she includes her pronouns. She slash her. So she's got a rep. 200,000 followers. She's got a rep, I guess, that handles her interviews. We need a circuit breaker. Cases down 43% since January 8th. How much do you know about ivermectin? Well, you may know less because apparently YouTube decided to censor the United States Senate. Yes, that's right. If, If you were... Watching this Senate hearing committee from December 8th, 
Homeland Security, Governmental Affairs. They brought up one Dr. Pierre Corey. He is part of a world-renowned group of physicians who developed a groundbreaking use of corticosteroids to treat hospitalized COVID patients. His testimony was certainly eyebrow-raising. He talked about ivermectin, a cheap and widely available drug that treats tropical diseases caused by parasites. And he's been using it with other doctors for prevention and early treatment of COVID-19. He just described a published study from Argentina in which 800 healthcare workers received ivermectin and 400 did not. Not one of the 800 contracted COVID, 58% of those 400 who didn't did test positive. So he's up there in front of the Senate giving testimony saying this drug ivermectin is basically a miracle drug. We should be using it. Guess who pulled the video from their platform? That's right. Google's YouTube. Guess who put a link to it? Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin saying, here, this is what this expert who's been in the field treating patients with this drug has to report about its effectiveness in front of the United States Senate, paid for by your taxpayer dollars, and Google slash YouTube said, Oh, no, no. Take that thing off the internet. It's fucking insane and scary. And that shouldn't be bipartisan. Or that shouldn't be partisan. It should be bipartisan. Everyone with a brain should say, whoa, what the fuck? We're not, the country's not being run or shouldn't be run by Google or YouTube. But Some people think it's disinformation. It's got to be taken off. On the school front here in Virginia, the Fairfax Education Association president, the quasi-union leader of the Fairfax County teachers, because they aren't unionizable due to Commonwealth laws, but they still act like a union. The FEA president, speaking before the board just this week, said she opposes returning to school next fall five days a week and wants to stay in hybrid until all kids are vaccinated. Experts are saying this will happen no sooner than 2022 if they develop a safe vaccine for kids or not at all. People are saying, holy shit, they are digging themselves a huge hole on this. And by they, I mean the Teachers Association and the schools are in trouble because Fairfax County Public Schools have lost 13,000 students from its roles already. And the decision on whether or not to go private next year with applications due soon is upon us. This was not a good time to say, oh, we still oppose going back to school. The problem is, In my county, Loudoun County, Virginia, even if you had the money and you were ready to pull your kid out of school, guess what? There's no private schools. There's not enough private schools to take everybody who would want to jump into private schools, which is kind of crazy. There was a very swanky, she, she private school in Middleburg, Virginia, Middleburg Academy, and it closed its doors because it couldn't make it work. I think about three months prior to the pandemic. I think it shut down at the end of the fall semester in 2019. Talk about bad timing. And then there's this. 
Irish criminals are allegedly involved in the forging of negative COVID-19 tests to allow people to travel within Europe. Wow. On a scale of one to, I could have predicted this, it's about a million. European police agencies are saying members of the Rathkeel Rovers gang, a group of Irish criminals operating in several European countries, are using a mobile phone application to manually falsify test results, which are then sold on to travelers for hundreds of euros each. Ireland and several other European countries have introduced legislation requiring proof of a recent PCR test to show a negative result for travel to passengers into the country. They said, given the widespread technological means available in the form of high-quality printers and different software, fraudsters are able to produce high-quality counterfeit forged or fake documents. These documents typically bear the name of a genuine laboratory and are highly convincing. To quote Clark Griswold when he's looking at a gift for his wife with the lingerie salesman in Christmas vacation, oh, no shit. All right, that's a wrap for us today. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, spread the word, subscribe to Premium, join us on Fridays as well. I appreciate everybody, including you freeloaders who are not on board for the minimal, measly five bucks a month, which does unlock Fridays. We will have our Propapalooza on Friday with Mr. X plus Jay's Super Bowl preview as well. That's a formidable one-two punch on Fridays. Mr. X and Jay on Fridays. And yes, if you want to get your bets down, there is no better place than my bookie. I know there's apps that are popping up in various places. Well, I just heard Virginia legalized. What about DC? Trust me. My bookie has been around longer. They pay out quicker. There's fewer, fewer restrictions. They've got better software, better platform. It's the place to be. Plus you get a double your bonus up to 50%. Well, not double. You get to 50% doubled up to a thousand dollars or something like that make sure to use promo code zabe put it in there and then you'll get a bonus on your initial deposit make sure you read the rules on the payouts regarding bonus money versus just depositing money straight but trust your money to my bookie all right thanks for listening have a great wednesday and we will see you next time
Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future? GOAT. Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, where you're betting is every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to my bookie. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up MyBookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything. Not just the national anthem, MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. MyBookie has a buffet of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You can even win big on NFL Squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie.